characterize. I-N-E-P-T. No. E-N-F-T. No. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters. Raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, your NF Tech football team played RSVP. That's right, Rock Slide Vermont Polytechnic. I'm interested in finding out what kind of game was it. Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, we went out there and played a fine ball game. All the oysters played a fine ball game on offense and a fine ball game on defense and a fine ball game on special teams. And, of course, RSVP, they give us a fine ball game. So what all the fans seen when everything was over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. We're anxiously awaiting the results of that game, Coach. Were you able to pick up that first win of the season? I do want to point out to all the fans that uh, the boys, all the fighting oysters, acquitted themselves well out on the football field. I want to say that I am real proud of the way they played out there and all their mamas and daddies and, and grandmamas and granddaddies can be real proud of the way they played out there. They but acquitted coach, themselves fine. It was a real fine ball game. But coach, I think you're evading the issue. Did you pick up that first win of the season? Well, I do want to point out to the fans that we are playing these ball games one at a time. We're not worried about what happened last week. We're just looking forward to the ball game this week because we know that the finest thing that these boys can do is succeed in the classroom. We're not worried about what happens out there on the football field as long as they uh, succeed in the classroom and make fine men out of themselves. We're not worried about playing football. We're interested in making some fine graduates and having them boys go out in the world and making some fine people out of themselves. Something tells me, Coach, you failed to pick up that first win of the season. Can't get nothing past you, can we? And I'll be back with Coach Turf in just a moment. Can't get nothing past him, can you? Well, today's Art Turf Show is proudly brought to you by Allergy Antihistamines. And boy, do we need them now. Yeah. Or ew. Be listening again, sports. Wait a minute. Gee whiz. Well, Coach Turf, I think we did finally establish the fact that the Oysters failed to pick up that first win of the season against RSVP last week, but uh, I don't think we got the score of the game. Well, you know, as fine as them boys played out there, you know, we played a fine ball game on offense and a fine ball game on defense. It seemed like uh, it, that the ball game hadn't uh, gone too far, and already it was halftime, and I looked up at the scoreboard, and it said 31 and zip and they was the 31, and we was the zip, and, and when the ball game was all over, finally said and done with, well, they was 57, and we was zip. Seemed like, uh, seemed like they found 57 different ways to score. Coach, with a 57 to nothing deficit, your new offense, the T-bone offense, which you just instituted for this game, must not have performed too well. Well, not only that, we just put it in, and it didn't do uh, worth shucks out there. That T-bone formation went to the dogs. Your quarterback, uh, you also had a new quarterback in the game, young man named Berger, I believe. Well, that's right. You know, old Chuck Berger brought him up from the Texas squad just this week, took old third and 12th place. We thought we needed a change on offense, and they must have known old Chuck was coming because uh, they know that it was his first college ball game, his first college start, and they threw everything in the world at him. They was throwing red dogs. They was throwing blitzes. They heaped it all on him, and they was too many times in that ball game where I looked up and saw Berger on the field with everything on it. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach 
Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Oh my, what a wonderful weekend it's been, weather-wise and all that sort of thing. Got a lot of yard work done, sprayed the weeds. Looking good at home. You know how over the winter time, different areas like the garage gets kind of disorganized. That's my next project. And we had a neighbor that moved away and and just gave us this, um, what do you call it, kind of like an awning in pieces, right? So, Scott, I... I decided to put it together to see what it looks like. (laughs) It was a lot more work than I was expecting. No directions or anything. But I got it together. But, of course, I I don't know what we would use it for exactly. But it's kind of cool. Anyway. uh, Is it it functional? Well, yeah. Okay. Once I figured it out. But um, it was just all tied together with ropes and stuff. Ah. And parts and pieces. and. But I figured it out. Anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. And uh, beautiful weather it is. And let's uh, just hope it keeps going this way. Today, right now, we're showing 69 degrees outside. They say it's going to climb on up to 81. Tomorrow, though, the high, 61. Wednesday, 56. Thursday, 58. And then warm for the weekend again. (coughs) We can deal with that. We can deal with that. When you look at uh, rain, they say a light rain, maybe on Sunday. And, of course, this can change as the week goes on. In fact, it often does. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I I did uh, grass cutting, too, some things around the house and cleaning, you know, the weekend stuff that needs needs done. Can't get to during the week. That's right. But, uh, I mean, do you like it, or is it just a chore? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I like mowing, as I, I mentioned on one of my shows uh, last week I was mowing by moonlight one really? one evening last week. Yes, you had the lights on, huh? Yeah. I Got just some... had I just had my tractor overhauled, but for some reason or other now the lights don't work. I'm, I'll check that. It can't be that difficult. But um, no, I'm I'm not done too much in the dark. Yeah, I I don't mind because boy, you get those headlights on. Just like Tim Allen used to talk about those big these tractors and. Engines and mud runners are her, her, her. Remember yeah, that guy? Yeah, yeah. So got the big John Deere out with the headlights. Her, her, her. 
So how large an area do you have to mow? It's large. That's it's uh, about four to five hours large. Okay, same. Mowing. So uh, there's a couple acres. Yeah, there's a few acres out there to do, and I take care of mom and dad's. Yeah. As well. So. Yeah. I like keeping it looking nice. Sure. Well, folks, uh, this week we have three guests uh, scheduled. That is uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. Angela Marks is going to be in tomorrow. And, Scott, you're going to enjoy this as you, you know, it's always fun to listen to you in the mornings and hear you talk about lost animals or animals that are needing uh, assistance. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Sure and, do. Uh, it's, it's clearly an important thing. Um, item for you and it is for many well Angela Marks is going to be here tomorrow she is with the Athens County Humane Society we are passionate about pets indeed I am anyway and I love reporting adoptions the heartwarming news is what I call it Roxanne Mele Brunet is going to be in tomorrow it's been um Oh, I don't know, six or eight months since we last had her involved with us, but we're getting that going again. Um, now, th- this is uh, she herself. Now, what I'm what I'm getting at is she often will help me. She often will help me uh, line up various important people at the university to be guests. She does it just as a friendship thing. She's really neat. But she herself is an expert in home gardens. So she's coming in to talk tomorrow, no, 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 Wednesday, about home gardening. And if you, if you think back over the years, if you've been listening any, uh, you know, there are various home garden sales that take place around the community at people's homes. And, oh, sometimes it's down by the pool, um, stuff like that at that shelter. Um, So she's going to update us on those upcoming uh, semi-public events, right? Where where these different uh, super plant enthusiasts in our community all get together and share things with others. So that's that's always fun to go to. Then on uh, Thursday, Eva Loop will be back in uh, to talk about HapCap. Now, we had a show two weeks ago there goes my phone. Let me just, let me shut that down. We had a show two weeks ago, the first of their two shows, and who knows, we may be continuing this for a while, but HAPCAP stands for Hawking Athens Perry Community Action Program. And um, what they're doing here in Athens County is so needed, and many people have benefited, and... Um, so they'll be talking about, um, let's see, they talked about two or three aspects of their program two weeks ago. They'll be talking about a couple others on Thursday of this week. And then Friday, a free-for-all, just like today. Yes. Right. I. Um, speaking of guests, I spoke with uh, Coach Tim Albin, the Ohio head football coach after church uh, last Sunday, mm-hmm. mentioned to him about possibly coming on. 
at some point. He's you know he's got a crazy busy schedule with spring football and now recruiting, right? And uh, spring signing day coming up too. So it's a little little hectic for Coach Alvin right now too. We re- but uh, we ran into the uh, volleyball coach um, the other day, Wednesday night, I guess. And he was just going on and on about how busy he is, you know, um, with the same sort of things, recruiting, um, trying to keep his current team happy and staying here. Not that that's a big chore, but, you know, there is something to that. Um, and, um, and, And some of the hot prospects he has. So yeah, why, if you see Tim, please. Uh, well, that's anyway. Getting back to what I was saying, I did see Tim. That's what I said. I, I spoke with him after church a couple weeks ago, and uh, last Sunday, as a matter of fact, to mention to him about coming on as a guest sometime. But he's crazy busy right now. But uh, he was open to that possibility whenever he had some time, and uh, so I'm gonna keep in touch and yeah, work see it if, out. See if he can't come in, and I said, you know, you can talk about what you want, and uh, maybe enlighten us on uh, football season coming up this fall, and what goes on after the season, uh, in between seasons, uh, during the season, whatever. And uh, you know, a lot of people already know that. Me, of course, I know what goes on, but uh, a lot of the community, I thought, it might be a good chance to, uh, you know, engage in listening to Coach Album maybe get a little more community support rallied around the football Bobcats because, uh, you know, attendance hasn't been real great um, Well, in-person attendance. COVID. Now, the numbers, they say, yeah, okay, those numbers are a little inflated because they count season ticket sales, tickets are already sold. Not, yeah. uh, you know, so the number is inflated a bit, but when you see the games on TV, the, the, the stands are – uh, look like a lot of the people dressed up like empty seats. So uh, anyway, we'll see if maybe we can't rally uh, to see if we can get a little community support behind that, and also uh, student support. You know, when students go on break, obviously the attendance goes down. Um, so anyway, I just thought it'd be kind of cool to get well, Coach Alvin on here. I'm going to put the whole COVID. I mean, the whole what you call attendance issue. I'm going to put that all on COVID. Um, you know, the, the with the lack of information we had early on, everybody was scared. And then it became, well, you had to have X number of shots and boosters and all that stuff. I, I You know, every program went through it, not just OU. Well, of course, but I'm I'm talking about last year. Whenever you know res- restrictions were eased up, the year before, yes, but uh, last year, you know, uh, attendance, uh, the gates were open. People were allowed to come in. I mean, not just here. I but, was there, but uh, nationwide, and you know, you I, I don't know about you, but I saw a lot of stadiums filled to capacity last season, and I thought that would wouldn't that be nice if we could do that here at Peden Stadium. So, uh, anyway, just a chance to maybe engage with Coach Alvin if we can schedule him in here. And I thought it'd be a hoot to get him and uh, Jimmy Burrow in here at the same time, the same show, because they they could 
they can have a good time, let me tell you that. <laughs> well, they both got great personalities. Oh, yeah, they're great, great guys. Let's go to our phones. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you doing? We're doing uh, well. How about you? Hello? I think, hello. Can you hear me, Dave? Yes, sir. Okay, sorry. Real quickly, I think part of the reason for the low attendance is a silly, my opinion, Tuesday and Thursday night games. College football Saturday, not midweek. Anyway, that's my view on that. Late in the year, it's cold. Parents can't come down to the game. And I, I just don't think it looks even worse on TV when the place is empty. I totally anyway, that's agree. my opinion. Thanks, guys. Totally agree with that. You bet. You bet. And uh, but, uh, what, the, why, What's the impetus for The reason that? they do that is because the TV contract with the Mid-American Conference. So it's money? And, yeah. And they're November games. That's, you know, when they have these Tuesday, Thursday games, they're always in November. They're never in August, September, or October. So they put them, you know, in the coldest month of the season. And again, you know, people just, they can't come in from out of town on like a Tuesday or Thursday night for a football game as easy as they can on a Saturday afternoon. Traditionally, yeah, Saturday afternoon, college football, Saturday night. Well, I know college that, football. Uh, I know that Pat, my wife, uh, you know, with her health conditions and everything, um, she doesn't want to be cold. And uh, certainly when the sun goes down, it's different. Oh, yeah. And um, so I had to twist her arm. I think I managed to twist it once last year for a night game. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the money talks with those TV contracts, mm. and the MAC has done that with ESPN and CBS Sports Network uh, to get those games on a Tuesday and Thursday night because there's there there are no other games on those nights. So the MAC was thinking, let's take advantage of Tuesday and Thursday night, put them on TV, and it keeps people away from the games in person. And, and again, the travel is difficult when you get people that want to come down from Columbus, uh, from you know Parkersburg, Marietta, mm-hmm. Chillicothe, yeah. Cincinnati. I mean, you name it. Coming from everywhere, OU alums, and it's it's just not, you know, feasible for them to do that. Let's bring up another thing of a similar nature: the Southern Ohio Copperheads. They are returning to action pretty soon, and uh, there's uh, we're starting to feel the excitement grow again because they've not been able to be in um, functioning for the past two seasons, and again, COVID, the principal reason. Uh, folks, I had 17 years uh, with that, started it, and, and um, had a supervisory role. They are doing a great job again. I'm gone. I'm done. Um, but they, it, it, we're going to have another fun season, folks. And um, they're talking about having the games on TV. We did a few of those um I guess in postseason play, but uh, they're talking about putting the whole thing on television, um, on YouTube or something like that. I don't really understand those things. But um, the students, uh, I'm starting to hear feedback about the students, uh, the grad students who are involved. and uh, it's, it's something I was very proud to be involved with. It is a great thing for our community, 
and uh, the Copperheads uh, will return this season. So how about that, huh? That's cool. Baseball. Baseball. Um, what else should we talk about here? Oh, I came across. Okay, so we'll, we'll get into the regular news now here for a few minutes. But I came across a blurb. This this is not necessarily fun to talk about. So this was a trivia question. You ready? Oh, Scott. Well, I'm yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm going right along. <laughs> okay. Which country has the world's largest prison population? Is it India, China, Russia, or the United States? Hmm. Um, let's see. I will say the United States. Well, you would be correct. But uh, that's really amazing and discouraging, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know the old saying, if, if you don't got the time then don't do the crime do that again well I've, I've heard it said before if you if you don't have the time then don't do the crime the time to serve oh. a prison sentence okay well <clears throat> anyway here we go so india china russia united states the answer with 1.8 million prisoners the United States has the world's largest prison population. While the U.S. represents only 5% of the world's population, <coughs> um, it houses around 25% of the world's prisoners. According to a U.S. Department of Justice report, over 6.7 million people are under correction control, which includes not only incarceration, but also probation and parole. That means one in roughly every 49 Americans are under some sort of criminal system control. Men make up 90% of prison and local jail population. And they have an imprisonment rate 14 higher, 14 times higher than the rate for women. Okay, one in every 49 Americans are under some sort of criminal system justice system control. That's terrible. That's a lot. I really I think tonight 
when I get a little time, I'm going to dig into this one. That just sounds too... Too high to be true to me, frankly. One out of 49. Okay, well, that's what they say. Let's deal with some historical events, things that happen on this date, right? By the way, today is April 25th. The year is 2022. But on April 25th, 1660, the English Convention Parliament meets and votes to restore Charles II. On this date in 1792, the guillotine first used in France and in, in its uh, who was its victim it executes highwayman Nicolas Pelletier Pelletier I suppose it is now I'm curious what is a highwayman would you a highwayman yeah they say they executed highwayman Nicholas Pelletier. What's what's what was the nature of the crime of a highwayman? Hmm. Let's see here. Why is it called a highwayman? While we're doing that, we've got a caller. Good morning. Excuse me. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to say. I guess I'm not surprised, but you did say one. In 49 people yes. are imprisoned in this country or under some kind of... Well, that's the bomb. way I took it. Let me get that back here. It says, that means roughly one in every 49 Americans are under some sort of criminal justice system control. And then Scott said, well, you know, if you don't have the time, don't do the crime. I hope both of you and all your listeners realize people can be accused of things. It doesn't necessarily mean they did that thing that they were accused of. And um, <laughs> it happens out there, and uh, <laughs> I don't know quite what you do about that as a citizen of the United States, but I had a question. What in the world is a woke, W-O-K-E, police? You know that guy Vance, Hilly, Hillbilly Elegy or something? He was in the news yesterday because he wrote, not only because he wrote the book, but Donald Trump is supporting him for his political desires. I think he's running for something, rather, senators, whatever he is. Vance, I think. Uh, and um, Vance has been famous for calling Mr. Trump a, um, a Nazi. <laughs> so I don't know how that happened. But if someone is going to um, call you a Nazi... I don't understand how he would then be supported by the person that he called a Nazi. It made no sense to me. Anyway, what is the woke yeah, I, police? I'm thoroughly confused there. Me too. But um, J.D. Vance, I think his name was. W-O-K-E? W-O-K-E, woke police. Okay. I have Scott doing one thing, but I think he can remember to do this one too. Well, woke is, is kind of an awareness uh, and attention to important facts and issues in society and uh, some people will say that includes injustice in society and particularly racism so 
Is that a definition in the actual dictionary that most of us might have on our shelves at home, or is that something brand new? That came, most of that came, yeah, it all came from the Oxford Dictionary. And it's also coming from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And those are under what date? I mean, is this a relatively new term, woke police? Yeah. So you're getting this off the Internet as a most... Uh, recent uh, definition. Well, it's been in the news for right. I understand two years, that, but, but yes, that's that's what I'm looking at. Merriam-Webster's. You know, go back dictionary. to your college years. You probably never heard of the woke police. No, the only thing I remember using woke for is getting up from a nap. That's exactly. Or, or the chickens sleep. woke me up. Yes. Yeah, the rooster. The, woke the rooster. Me. We used to have a yes. rooster in our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that was before David's time. Oh, I thought you were referring to Dave. No, oh, not, okay. not David. He He's not my neighborhood waker-upper. <laughs> <laughs> Our dogs are sometimes. He's not the town. Well, so are ours. Yeah. They're just being friendly. Yeah. <laughs> they want to meet everybody walking. Absolutely. All right, well. Maybe give them a little nibble to wake them up in the morning. Oh, we do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, well, I thank you very much for at least letting yeah. me know what the what this thing is called the woke police. And thank you, David, well, very much for the uh, statistic because I think we need to have our eyes opened. And uh, many of those people are now uh, coming out of prison, like that guy recently had was in prison for 38 years for something he did not do, yeah. and yeah. Uh, grandchildren and everything else, and he's got to get used to <laughs> the, the world today. And um, it, it's a sad state of affairs. And that's even worse when you think of the United States as, a, you know... <laughs> Better than, at least that's what people think, better than any other country on earth. So Let me, let me. Uh, Wouldn't that be awful, though, to be <laughs> incarcerated for something you didn't do for that long? But let's spin something for a minute. What was the doctor's name at Mount Carmel? Dr. Husel. Yes. Okay. Here is a man who I believe um, was trying to help his patients and that's what the jury believed and i believe fentanyl is used in certain circumstances um but 14 patients passed right yes there were actually more but they dropped those charges and it dropped to 14 and if these 14 would have had some miserable life. Terminal illnesses. Okay. Is what they had. You know, I mean, first of all, I was surprised that he did get cleared. But for some reason or other, I just had the feeling he did not mean malicious activity. And so I was also pleasantly surprised that the jury acted in that manner. You know, I, I've never met a doctor who didn't really care. And I hope I never do. I hope you never do also, because I think that they do exist. There are doctors who do not care, who actually are in it for the money, and that's it. But I don't believe in this case that you're talking about included that doctor. Mm -hmm. And fentanyl, I think we've had this conversation on your program before. 
Fentanyl is used also for um, uh, as a, one of the potions that they do to to uh, have you knocked out, if you will, uh, anesthetized um, to do a colonoscopy or some really serious, you know, abdominal surgery or some other surgery. It's it's a uh, um, it's not a natural thing. It's a man-made uh, product, but um, there are people who do not want to be kept alive, and some people ignore that on your last wishes document or whatever that's called. I forgot what that's called, but, you know, when you yes, uh, yes. do not resuscitate, do not resuscitate. Yes. And there are people who keep you alive, basically for the money, and that's a, that's a sad thing. I mean, people will discriminate against you here locally, I know for a fact, in terms of your disability, that they will not serve your needs. And I'm dealing with a case currently with that. And it's a sad thing when you were born with a, with a particular disorder. And last month, as I may have said to you all, that last month was Developmental Disabilities Month. And this month is World Autism Month and being recognized. Occasionally you, you've had it on your program, on the news, recognizing that a few times this week, I think. But um, people are strange entities. <laughs> yeah, are. But I'm glad you I'm exist sure in the you, world, both of you, and you uh, would not, you would not. Bear with me one more moment. Sure. Last week, about this time, we had um, a suicide in our neighborhood, mm. and it was a young man who, as I understand it, was troubled emotionally and mentally. I'm not sure of that, but I. I, I did not know the family. I felt very sad for the family, of course. I saw classmates rushing to the house to, in tears, male and female. Um, I... I do not personally have any understanding of suicide. As are many of your listeners as well. But um, well, I, I I don't know what more to say. Well, it it, it has often been called a an act of desperation. Uh, the the people who are victims of their own hand. Uh, with suicide, they they don't they just can't go on. And occasionally, you might actually see that in an obituary. Mm -hmm. But it would be nice to see these kinds of things in an obituary to tell people that this exists, this this terrible thing, where young people, a lot of young people, are taking their own lives. And there's probably some way I don't know exactly what the way is where you can reach these people. But sometimes. Uh, he was Here it is, and it saddens all of us. So 20, 21 years of age. How? What? 21. 21, just a baby. Mm, well, no. Well, just a baby. I know you can vote and all of that, but you're still, yeah, you're, well, at our age, they are babies. So. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, I'm sorry to well, bring Well, I thank up. you very much for, for taking my call. Appreciate it. Both sure. of you, a good day. You bye -bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Likewise. So let's see. We were in the middle of historical events, and... Did I have you looking up the the expression highwayman? Yes. What is that? Well, from what I've been able to 
find here, the most famous famous highwayman was Dick Turpin. Uh, not to be confused with Dick Durbin, the senator from Illinois. <laughs> okay. Before turning to highway robbery, he was a butcher who joined a gang of robbers. He stole cattle, uh, burglarized houses, stole money from people. He later turned to highway robbery in Lincolnshire with his partner Tom King. Okay, so let's let's go with that. 1792, guillotine first used in France executes highwayman Nicolas Pelletier. Okay. They're just bad guys, apparently, according to... Working the main routes. Yeah. 1846, Thornton Affair. Open conflict begins over the disputed border of Texas, triggering the Mexican-American War. Now, I've not heard this. 1945, LB Day, E-L-B-E, LB Day, I'll go with that. U.S. and Soviet forces meet in Targau, T-O-R-G-A-U, Germany. On the LB River during the invasion of Germany during World War II. It's when the Soviet forces and United States troops met uh, there to officially greet each other as allies. Eats meets, uh, eats, east meets west, basically is what happened. 1953, Francis Crick and James Watson's discovery of the double helix structure of DNA is published in the Nature magazine. What TV show did we always see that on? Oh, those guys that were brainiacs. It was a sitcom. Um, Big Bang? Yes. Theory? Yes, yes. All right, going on. 1954, Bell Labs announces the first solar battery made from silicon. It is about 6% efficiency. 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope is placed into orbit by Space Shuttle Discovery. Okay, um, famous birthdays. Edward II. He lived from 1284 to 1327. Marconi, Guglielmo Marconi, essentially the inventor of radio, I would put it that way, 1874 to 1937. Marconi was the first Marquis of Mocarni, FRSA, was an Italian inventor and electrical engineer known for his creation of a practical radio wave-based wireless telegraph system. That's right. Oliver Cromwell, 1599 his birth, 1658 his death. He was an English general and statesman who first as a subordinate and later as commander-in-chief led armies of the parliament 
of England against King Charles I during the English Civil War, subsequently ruling the British Isles as Lord Protector from 1653 until his death in 1658. This last one I saved for last because she was a friend, Ella Fitzgerald. She was born in 1917, died in 1996, a very classy and talented gal. Mm, yes. Ella the Fitzgerald. The queen of jazz. She was noted for her purity of tone, impeccable diction, phrasing, timing, intonation, and a horn-like improvisational ability particularly in her scat singing. Okay, two famous deaths to mention. Anders Celsius. I bet I can guess what he did. I bet you're right, too. Born in 1701, died in 1744. Not a very long life. He was a Swedish astronomer, physicist, and mathematician. He was professor of astronomy at Uppsala University from 1730 to 1744, but traveled from 1732 to 1735, visiting notable observatories in Germany, Italy, and France. And, and the last one we have to mention, I've seen her in some films recently. We've been watching some of the older films. Ginger Rogers, born in 1911, died in 1990. All right. My she phone. was an American actress, dancer, and singer. During the golden age of Hollywood, she won an Academy Award for Best Actress for her starring role in Kitty Foyle and performed during the 1930s in RKO's musical films with Fred Astaire. She was also in Top Hat, Swing Time, Shall We Dance?, the Gay Divorcee, and many, many more, including Follow the Fleet, Flying Down to Rio, and oh, the list keeps going on and on. Yeah. Monkey Business was another one. Okay, let's change um, directions here. Uh, I suppose you folks are aware that the stock market dropped Last Friday, uh, essentially, was a thousand points. Well, specifically, it was nine hundred and eighty-one points. And last Friday was the fourth straight week and the worst trading day since twenty twenty. Bear in mind, this year is twenty-two twenty-two. I'm 2022. The Wall Street Journal chalked up the drop to worries about slowing corporate earnings and the Federal Reserve's plans to rapidly raise interest rates. For example, Verizon Communications Company, their shares plunged 5.6% 5 after its management reported losing 36,000 subscribers during the first quarter of 2022. What is exactly going on with stocks that are typically considered blue chips? Aren't stocks supposed to be a hedge against inflation? 
Well, here to help us gain perspective on the economy is Devlin Steele, an education director for Augusta Precious Metals. So this is um, a written interview. Welcome, Delvin. (laughs) In your opinion, why did stock market drop so much at one time last Friday? His response? Persistent inflation suggests that interests are on the way up. Interest rates, that is. We know inflation has been a problem for some time now, but up until very recently... The markets have been reassured by the Federal Reserve's commitments to make no more than modest measured rate increases to control inflation. However, over the last couple of weeks, the Federal Reserve policymakers have been more vocal in their call for bigger-than-usual rate increases to fight inflation, and now that is at a 40-year high. And then last Thursday, the day before the Dow's 900-point drop, Federal Chairman Jerome Powell himself essentially said he was on board with the idea of a 50-basis-point rate increase at the next meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee in May. Since real inflation first reappeared on the landscape a year ago, Powell was reluctant to embrace higher rate increases. But when he publicly declared his support for them on Thursday, it was interpreted by markets that, yes, bigger rate hikes are coming, and those markets reacted accordingly on Friday. They raised a number of issues in this story. I'll just mention a few. Does the market always react this way when interest rates go up? Um, We've noticed the stock market has been kind of choppy for a while now. Is all of this volatility due to interest rate hikes or are other things going on? Does what happened with the stock market on Friday mean we're in a recession? When something like this happens, does it prompt the Federal Reserve to think twice about sticking with its plan in rate raise rates to raise rates to I'll get this out to raise interest rates. There we go. Well, There's so much uncertainty out there. This is a lengthy item. Um, I think the Internet has a fair example of both points of view. Fairly balanced. And if it's concerning you, I suggest you research it. You know, once again, what was it? 
20 years ago, 30 years ago, we didn't have all of these resources available to us. We could do basically on our computers fancy typing and fancy lists. But did we have the opportunity to go and explore topics? Not not even 5% of what we have now. And yeah, you're going to find all sorts of answers. So you do have to use your own judgment to sort them out. But isn't that what we've been asked to do all along? Even before research. Yeah, um, but I don't know if we had so many different viewpoints, as you mentioned, to make our own choice now. Yep. There are so many things about the same subject that come from all different angles, depending on the interpretation of oh the my. reader. I didn't even know what time it was. I, we only have a minute left. Yeah, I looked up there, too, and I thought, is it almost 10 I already? have stories about Emmanuel Macron, who uh, the French president, who has been reelected. Um, U.S. officials visiting Kiev. Um, all sorts of stories that we've never gotten to today. Secretary of State and Joint Chief Chairman of Staff visiting with President of Ukraine. Right. Well, like you said a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, it certainly has a lot of parallels to Vietnam. Yes, comparisons. it does. Well, tomorrow, as we said earlier in the show, we'll uh, be talking about uh, the Humane Society. And the different programs they have for pets. Cool. And all that sort of thing. So uh, be careful out there, folks, and enjoy the day. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H.